Hi everyone, my name is Jessica Mujis and I am the host and creator of the Kids Yoga Podcast and I am so excited to tell you about my new Patreon page. If you are a loyal listener and you've been listening for a while, I'd love for you to go check it out. So it's a monthly subscription service and there are different tiers and for each tier you will get added benefits. These include early access to episodes, bonus content from interviews that you haven't heard yet, and my most exciting is a community of kids yoga teachers that will meet monthly and I will be there to moderate and we will discuss our challenges, our questions, the biggest rewards, and I'll have former guests join us and you can ask them questions in real time. I'm really excited about this. So if you're interested, I would love for you to check out the page. I want to keep this podcast going and I just need a little help to do that. Thanks so much. Hi, and welcome to the Kids Yoga Podcast, the place for all things kids yoga. My name is Jessica Mujis, and after teaching kids yoga for over a decade and being immersed in the industry, I created this podcast as a warm and supportive place for parents, teachers, caregivers, and kids yoga professionals to gather. Episodes include conversations with kids yoga teachers, business owners, and authors, child development experts, informational episodes on specific kids yoga topics, yoga adventures for children, and even the voices of children themselves. It is my hope that you can come here each week and gain inspiration and form connection with your fellow kids yoga community. Welcome to the Kids Yoga Podcast. I'm so glad you're here. Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Kids Yoga Podcast. I am Jessica, and this week I am joined for the first time by a full team of people who are working together to do a fabulous kids yoga training. So I've got Amy, Emily, Usha, and William joining me today, and welcome to the show, everybody. Thanks for being here. Thanks Thanks for having us. Thank you for having us. So So We're going to hear from each of you. Um, We kind of, I sent you some questions in advance. So whoever wants to dive in with this first one. So can you tell me a bit about the Pranakriya School of Yoga? Um, When was it founded and what is its mission? I'll tackle that one there. Um, Pranakriya School of Yoga is uh, in the lineage of Swami Kripalu. Swami Kripalu was a yoga teacher who lived in India in the early 1910s through uh, 1970s, and he was here for the last four years of his life uh, before he went back to India and uh, left his body. Uh, the practice of Pranakriya was developed by a teacher named Yoganand Michael Carroll. He was a longtime student of Swami Kripalu's teachings at the Kripalu Center. And um, Pranakriya is aiming to take a core tenet of Swami Kripalu's practice. The main difference, maybe, that you would see in our practice. Um, Asana is not used to like, like make sure your body is in 100% perfect alignment. Asana is used as a container or a tool to do explorations of energy. And so we can do that with different pranayama techniques or different muscle engagements or how, or, uh, how long we hold poses uh, to raise energy. The mission of Pranakriya is to 
find what can we glean as householders, people that have jobs and live in the world, what can we glean from this renunciate practice that Swami Kripalu did for so many years, even though we're not taking vows of renunciation, etc. So what can we gain from that lifestyle? And by using, um, there's four tenets that we could look at in Pranakriya. The first is that we cultivate the witness. The first step is to be able to notice what is your moment to moment experience. Uh, we could name that as buddhi awareness or the witness. Um, once we've established the sense of being able to notice, to pay attention to ourselves, then we strengthen the container. We do things with the body to make the body strong and adaptable, um, flexible, you could say is a byproduct of that, but functional, I think might be a better way of looking at what we're trying to do. And then um, after we've cultivated awareness, strength in the container, then we raise energy. How do we maybe say, go in the direction of a Kundalini experience, if we use that kind of language. Maybe you go in the direction of a prana experience or an energetic experience. Uh, how do we allow more energy to move through us? And then once we have that higher energy state, then how do we use that to um, uh, achieve uh, universal oneness and experience of that we are not separate from reality as it exists, but we are connected and part of it fundamentally and to, to gain that higher consciousness perspective. Uh, for kids yoga specifically, that model is built directly into the program that at a very young age, we're teaching them, pay attention, feel, what are you feeling in your body? What are your sensations? And how do your sensations change when you do different things? And then cultivate, um, uh, strengthen the container. That's try different things because a big part of the practice is cultivating your brain. It's cultivating your awareness of what you can do and the skill sets that you have. And then raising energy and that sense of connection is, is just a fundamental um, uh, uh, next step, if, uh, if you will, of, of where that can go. So at kids, we're not teaching them how to do adult type of meditation, but we're hoping to set the foundation early in life that if they came back and did these practices as adults, there's already seeds planted, both physiologically as well as cognitively and psychologically. Yeah. I love it because um, what you're describing, I think children have innately that awareness, um, but what you're describing is, and what I think is so powerful about kids yoga is giving them the language and the resources to reflect on it and to understand what it is that they're feeling in their body or in their mind. So I love um, how you describe the style. It, it resonates a lot, but then how that can then translate to kids feels very natural. Um, so I want to hear about, first of all, how did you all find each other and then collaborate to create this training and kind of what has that process been like to work together to create this training? So um, about 2017, I was given the task of, of considering this for Pranakriya and <clears throat> I've been working with kids since, I don't know, 20, 2003 and had little ones at the time myself and I've always been drawn to working with children and so I had done a, a number of trainings myself and when I looked at all of the trainings that I had been to or heard of I really felt like there there was something that we could do differently um, and as William just defined you know let's take a look at 
how we look, how we teach our adults and how could we translate that into a program that was, was teaching children in the same way, but at a level that they could understand. And um, so I knew all these great people. I had been in trainings with all of them. William had been my teacher early days and um, we had gone to India together. We've, we've had a lot of experiences um, going back, gosh, <laughs> I guess to about 20, 2006 maybe. Um, and then Usha and Amy, I met later um, through trainings that we took together and um, we all disconnected. You know, there, there's always been an ease with, with all of us. And I knew Amy was a middle school teacher. I knew she had done lots of trainings herself. Um, I knew Usha had a, a very strong background in yoga philosophy um, and that she was a mom and that she had been teaching her daughter's um, friends and Girl Scouts and things like that. So. I just sort of planted the seed with each of them and said, hey, this is what I'm working on. Does that feel like something you might wanna, you know, join me in? And then it just grew from there. You know, it was a bit of a process to get um, the whole thing coordinated on paper. Um, you know, you have to follow the rules of Yoga Alliance and get things um, organized in such a way that Yoga Alliance can accept it. And so it took, I, I would say that was probably the hardest part. The personalities and um, working with these guys was super easy. You know, it, it was, once we got it on paper, it, it, was, it was really easy to say to them, you know, here's, here's how we need to go forward. And, uh, and it's been awesome. It, it's just, it's really been a great team of people. Um, I think the picture that we sent you guys, um, that was from our very first program that we taught, the very first weekend that we taught. Um, and I think you can just see the joy that we were experiencing um, from from that um, first launch. So it's it's been easy once we got the once we got the paperwork done. So that's right. How we came. Yeah, I mean, I know it's so tedious um, just getting the material organized and the hour breakdown and all of that. Um, but in a way, it sounds like you all work so well together. So I think it's such a probably better process to be able to do that collaboratively rather than when, when you're doing it alone, it can be very, very isolating. Um, so I think it's just wonderful that that you're all offering something different. And I think that's, that's great for people learning from you to get these different perspectives. Um, so I know you guys get along really well. What was, besides the, the kind of tedium of that all, what, what has been the greatest challenge in creating the training and probably also I mean, then a pandemic hitting. So I'm sure that that has uh, changed things. So what has been the greatest challenge so far? Um, so, you know, like, like we mentioned with all of us working together at the beginning, it was of course um, needing to coordinate schedules. And Usha and I also developed our program, um, the Making Yoga Philosophy Accessible for Kids together. And we co-direct um, that program. And so to begin, we need to coordinate schedules to be able to, to start to work that um, out and, and meet up with one another to create and everything like that. So, um, and of course, you know, then we, then we move into things like creating the manual and then lots of people with editing, but we're so thankful that we had so many great people, um, you know, taking a look at everything and helping us with that. Um, but, you know, and then, of course, like you said, with um, the shift and everything, our first program was in person. And then this last this past year, we uh, ran the second session of it um, online. And so there were there were things that 
that we had to shift about it, but it was, it was fun trying to, to do that and figure out new ways to do it. And I think it really ended up coming together well, but it was a good growing and learning experience. Yeah. So you did shift the program online and, and do it a, a training online mm-hmm. this past year we did. Mm-hmm. So how did, how did that kind of compare to the in-person versus online? Cause I'm hearing a lot of people shifted trainings online and they've been surprised by actually how, much connection um, they found. So how did you find that to kind of differ from the in-person training? For us, it wasn't that difficult because it was really the philosophy that we were teaching. But um, the only problem that we had to work around was in person, we had the games and the music Mm. and the stories and everything planned out. So that had to be changed in an online format so that it was still accessible for the teachers and they could really understand because philosophy, you know, it's very dry. So you really want to, especially when you want to bring what William talked about to children, you know, you have to really be creative and imaginative. And when we were all in the same room with each other, you know, you could build games, you could have props, you could bring in activities to do together, but we wanted the same experience online. So Amy and I put our heads together for that, you know, that part of the program. And we were like, yeah, we could do this online. You know, we could, you know, it was all very creative. And that's, that was the beauty of working with each other and with the whole group. You know, how do we translate something that we want from Swami Kripalu's tradition into a child's mind? And how do we teach teachers to do that? Mm. Do you see what I mean? And yeah. A big learning experience, wonderful experience. Yeah. You know, I think through all of this, I think prior to the pandemic, a lot of us, I know I felt like, oh, you can't do a training online. There, you know, I just thought it wasn't, I couldn't wrap my head around it. And then once we were all forced to, I think there's, I mean, a, a big plus is you can be anywhere in the world. So people are connecting from all over the world. But also, like you said, you use your creativity to think of how do I translate this in a new way? And I've got a feeling that in the future, it's going to be helpful to be able to translate these things online, right? I I think that who knows where we're going, but I'm sure that this online world is just going to continue to grow. So that's wonderful to hear that you were able to make that shift. So what has been um, the greatest reward for you guys since starting your training? Well, again, coming back to um, co-creating and, and, and co-directing a program, you know, it's been just fantastic to get to know everyone a little bit better and to, to work together. And, you know, Usha and I, through working together on our program, I think we fell in really easily to um, kind of a groove of uh, working together. And it, it, it feels really easy to kind of deliver the program together. We, we, we kind of have gotten into a flow with that. And um, I feel like our um, styles and um, lived experience also just kind of complements one another as, as we're teaching. So that's been really fantastic. And it's just been so great to be able to go um, through all of it together and support one another too through the launching of all of the programs and being there along all the steps um, toward that with one another. Mm. I just have to say, Amy, who I know 
from, I trained you um, when I was at Yogi Beans. And so I remember you very well from, from both trainings you did, you stood out very much, you know, some people you just remember because they kind of have that spark. So I just want to say, I'm so proud of you now to see you doing this and leading these trainings yourself. I'm not surprised, but I, um, when, when you got back in touch, I was like, I was so excited. And I, Lauren, who, you know, I did led the trainings with and who knew you, she was just so excited to hear you're doing this. So just side note on Amy, just wanted to say that you all are wonderful too. I'm just meeting you now though, virtually. Um, but I want to hear more. I want to hear about, so you've, you've had the two trainings and that, you know, you've got the whole future going now. What are your kind of hopes and dreams for where this training can go? So I just wanted to piggyback on what Amy was saying about rewards. And it struck me just as she was talking, how, um, I, I remember feeling after the first weekend that we taught, which has now been a couple of years ago, but that there was this like sense of like, wow, it all worked. Like, you know, this, everything came together and it, and it really worked. And, um, that was such a joyful moment, um, for me in particular. Um, so, you know, with that in mind, I feel like we have accomplished the, the goals of, you know, bringing the, the philosophy module and the anatomy module, tweens to teens and little kids, and we've, we've launched them all and we've done some of them both, you know, virtually and um, in person and some of them only virtually. And, you know, so I really am looking forward to the opportunity to get back face to face. I certainly um, want to have some time. There, there are a few things that you, you miss when you're just doing mm -hmm. Zoom trainings. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. And I'm excited that for Chronicry in particular, that each of these modules can be um, cross-used, you know, that they can be electives or they can be, you know, part of the 95 hour training or they can be part of the 300 hour training. Um, and I love that each of them has been made in a way that some of our students come out of it saying, oh, I could totally use this with my adults. And so it's not specific to just kids that these, you know, these techniques were sort of, you know, um, simplifying some of the stuff that we've all been learning in adult yoga. So I'm looking forward to the opportunity to get all of this out there more, you know, the, the, the disappointment of COVID kind of limiting our availability and accessibility. I'm looking forward to getting back on the road if, if we can. Um, but as you said, I think there's going to be a hybrid mix. I think it's going to be the way of the future. Um, I, I know from my own adult classes and I'm teaching that people aren't going to come back. There are certain people who are just happy to roll out of bed and show up on their living room. And um, so I think we, we have to be open to that as well. Um, and I, I, I'm just hopeful that all of the folks who started with us have We'll, we'll be able to get the opportunity to get and teach kids because that's been a, that's been an issue. A lot of um, folks have just not been able to get out and, and practice and do the work. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful for all of that as well. And um, just looking forward to the whole thing continuing to grow and multiply. And um, I feel like what we have is special and I, I really want that special um, information and, and from these special people to to make its way out there. Um, so that's, yeah. those are my yeah. dreams. Can you just one more time kind of break down the different modules? Um, so I know there's, I like how that's broken up, like you said, where you can do the full hours for the 95 hour, or you could 
take section. So what are those? Sure. Yeah. So the first one is PK little kids. And again, they're not, they're, they can be taken independently. They're not, mm. you know, prerequisites or anything. Um, and then the second one is PK tweens to teens. So nine plus, um, then making yoga philosophy accessible to kids is what Usha and Amy are teaching. And then William is teaching the uh, growing a body, um, and looking at development of children. Um, so, uh, and, and as I said, all of the, the folks who have taken our program so far have, have made comments in their evaluations that these are things I can use with my adults. And so I think that's important to, to know about this program. Um, and then the final module obviously is the, the practicum. So those, those who want the 95 hours um, have to finish that 15 hour practicum. Um, and we have two, two coming up, one in August and one in September. Mm -hmm. And then we hope that the other two will run. Um, we're still working on the 2022 schedule because as, <laughs> as we all know, yeah. we don't know, is it in person? Yeah. Is it, you know, is it hybrid? So we're still sorting that schedule out for philosophy and anatomy to, to get them on the schedule, hopefully January, March or something like that. Very nice. I love that. I love that it's broken up like that because um, if people maybe who have interest in one of the age groups or maybe the philosophy can kind of start there. And then my inkling is then they'd probably want to learn more and, you know, and, um, and it also to have that option to have that um, 95 hour, I think is just great for people to have that, especially uh, people who are coming from maybe doing a 200 hour, or like you said, like the 300 hour, just kind of putting all the training together. So wonderful. Um, I want to hear from each of you now, how I always end my episodes with these kids yoga gems. So um, William, since I haven't heard from you in a bit. I'd love to start with you. So if you could offer one piece of advice to someone who is in the kids yoga world, sharing yoga with children, what would it be? I'm gonna take a longer minute to explain what this is. I'll just say what the nugget is. In childhood, try everything, create lots of neural, ne neural networks and interlaying of movement combination. The anatomy module that I teach is, it's about how we grow a body, but it's how we grow our nervous system, how we grow our ability to perceive and to feel. And at different ages, there's different developmental stages. When I look at the, uh, when I look at a teaching adults, which has been my primary teaching as adults, the, I wonder what did, a, did a, if, if somebody can't bring their arms up like this, did they not have that movement in their childhood experience to grow the kind of neuromuscular coordination to create that action? When I look at kids nowadays, and you know, we're, we're all sitting with our devices, we're all head forward, this, this lack of visual focal distance, lack of auditory focal distance, I wonder how are we affecting the adult bodies we're gonna be teaching in 20, 30, 40 years? Because these kids have different early childhood movement experiences than say I did and my, my colleagues here have all had. And so I'm thinking forward, how do we help children now pick up skills that they might not need necessarily, but are part of a full human experience? and to be able to do an adult practice. So the nugget that I have is try everything, do it with play, parasympathetic activation, and, and don't do it to get it right. Do it to feel it and experience it. Love that so much. And that's an interesting thought. I'd never thought of that, of, of how you moved as a child 
very much, I'm sure, affects how you're moving as an adult. And it gives me so much hope that we're, we're teaching children yoga now, you know, that children are being given access to this um, and that we've got this awareness. So I love that. Um, who would like to go next? Maybe I'll go, I will go clockwise. So we'll go over to Emily. Um, yeah, so just sort of tagging on to that, I, I, I have always had this idea that we just need to plant seeds. Um, you know, it doesn't matter whether it's yoga per se, or whether it's, you know, the full expression as we know it, or are we, are we doing it correctly? Um, but are you planting a seed that would lead and grow into something else as the child grows? And that's, that's really been my message all along with this program is what seeds are we planting and how are we nourishing them and, and, and leading towards growth? Yes, yes. Couldn't say it any better. Plant the seeds and then not, no attachment to what the result is, just let it be. Exactly. How about you, Amy? Um, I um, always like to say, be always playful in your own yoga, even as an adult, right? And so keep that sense of, of fun in when you're practicing yoga as an adult and everything. And um, that'll help you so much as if you're bringing yoga to kids, right? That helps you to better be able to meet kids where they are um, when they come to yoga and we are planting these seeds. And so, and a great way to, you know, to do that too, is just trying something new. And like, I've, I had such a great time in all of the kids yoga teacher trainings that I, um, that I, participated in, you know, and you mentioned before, and thank you so much for your, for your kind words. And so like, I, I had a blast doing all of it and then doing all of the, you know, the other programs and sitting through them in, in this um, creation, this program that we've created too. And it just helps with that, helps with keeping that playfulness and, um, you know, childlike spirit alive in your own yoga. And then it's just, it's so much easier to then translate to having fun with the kids and all that they bring and all that lightheartedness that they bring to the mat whenever we're teaching them. Yes. Oh, I love that. That you play like in your own practice to have that playfulness. Mm -hmm. I think, yeah, you can't really fake it with kids um, when you're teaching them. So like if you, you, you come with that energy, they absolutely feel it. It's mm -hmm. beautiful. Yeah. And Usha, what would be your kids yoga gem? I always say, learn to be a storyteller. Um, children delight in stories. They love, you know, they remember stories. And if you can really pack these essence of yoga principles, whether it's postures, whether it's, you know, anatomy, if, whether it's like philosophy, if you can actually pack it in or camouflage it in a story, and then as they grow, they're going to reflect on that story. They're going to remember that story. I mean, you know, look at us as children. If you look back, those stories are what we remember the most from our childhood days. How wonderful would it be, you know, if we can pack the essence of all the principles into these stories so that they can, you know, unravel. It's almost like an onion, like, you know, mm. and you can actually find the gem because, most of the yoga stories, if you go back, that's how, you know, they get, they got passed down. Um, so I think learning to be, especially as kids, yoga teachers, um, or if you're teaching children, whether you're a parent, a teacher, a caregiver, a story 
telling a story, you know, just engaging them in a story is a wonderful gift um, that one can have. Yes, I love that. That's so true. It's such a way to engage with them. And I mean, there, there are so many beautiful kids yoga books now that are out that you could start there. But like you said, it's also coming your own stories, talking even stories from your own life that you can share or bringing like the philosophy in. Like you said, there's already so many stories out there that are already engaging. So I love that so much. Well, so much wisdom that you guys have all uh, imparted. I'd love for people to be able to find you. So anyone listening who is interested in learning more. So where are all the places, the websites, any social media, all that stuff? You can definitely find all of us at pranakriya.com and um, each individual, um, probably these guys all probably have their own websites. I do not, but <laughs> pranakriya.com houses all of us. Okay, wonderful. Does anyone, you're welcome to share your personal uh, websites too. Does anyone want to share those? Mine at the moment is yogawithwilliam.com. I, I can be reached at yogapyasa.kari, um, but it's go to pranakriya.org, look at our profiles, and it's all information is there. Okay. Um, you can reach me that way as well. That's easier. And um, my website is balanceformylife.com. And you can find me at that on um, Facebook and Instagram too, at Balance For My Life. Wonderful. Thank you so much, all of you, for taking the time and for just demonstrating what a beautiful team can look like um, and collaboration can look like in kids yoga. And just keep, keep doing what you're doing. And I, I look forward to seeing where these trainings go. Thank you so much for having us and, and for all of this, Jessica. We really appreciate it. Thank you. And thank you, Amy, for getting in touch and connecting us. Absolutely. It's been great to, um, to talk to you and see you again. Yes, you too. Well, have a good night, everyone. Thanks so much. Thank Thanks, you. Jessica. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you so much. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. If you'd like to support the Kids Yoga Podcast, here are a few ways you can do that. Visit www.thekidsyogapodcast.com. Here you'll see a link to my Patreon page, and you will see different monthly subscriptions, which will offer you added benefits. You can also contact me through the website and see all of the episodes that have been released so far. In addition, I truly appreciate those five-star reviews and ratings because it just brings so many more people to the show and it just means the world. So if you feel compelled, a rating and review and press that subscribe button as well. So if you want to get in touch, shoot me an email, thekidsyogapodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow The Kids Yoga Podcast on Instagram and on Facebook. Again, thank you so much for being here.